welcome to Say That, podcast for your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. That's correct. So joining us is Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. Still correct. Joining us all the way from Yorkshire, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, making his triumphant return, Lee Younger. Did I, I, I was away. I was away. I was you were on. Do you, I'm back. Normally, you, we're the ones who don't ever. remember things. Did, did you listen to last week's episode? Because you probably don't need to. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> it's fine. It's I'm fine. I'm worried about the fact that you seem to have blocked out an entire week of your life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was on death's door. Wow. I had to take uh, I had to take several types of medication in order to recover. Right. And I, you know, none of my podcast colleagues, uh, you know, sent me like a get well card or like a helium balloon. Wow. With a get well thing on it. Wow. Yeah, you We'd, people didn't do anything. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Well, just a yeah. second. I think we have to. I'm gonna have to confer with something here. Glenn, were you sick at all this week? Uh no. So Lee is cleared to have been sick this week. That's that's technically that is correct. He okay. Had, he had permission. <laughs> as you sick. as you all may know, in Glenn's world, only one person can be sick or tired or any other thing that requires attention at a time. Yeah. Right. And if it's him, he gets precedence. Yeah. I'm. I'm but so is, Lee, but you'll be happy to know that you in fact were sick this week and not just making it up to steal Glenn's thunder. Well correct. done. Well done. Well, well done. Well, was there anything else though, Glenn, that required that like? Where you could have received sympathy that might have trumped my near-death experience? Well, I yes, that's a good question. Because um, it it seems like I'm always not quite receiving enough enough sympathy, sympathy and focus. You know, <laughs> right? It should it should always be more. Well, you know, there. You know, I think it was maybe Wednesday. You know, you did stub your toe pretty bad. Yeah. And you know, I mean, you know, I don't know that you got a lot of sympathy off of that. Yeah, I'm like, hello. Yeah. So, so I mean, if we could have the say that judges kind of compare the amount of sympathy Glenn should get for a stub toe, right? And then Lee's a supposed illness, right? Well, and this is a right. supposed illness while he's out on some sort of a luxury vacation while yeah. we're toiling away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's some, you know, uh, uh, mountain hideaway retreat. Uh, right. Yeah. You know, with uh, controlling a cabin of eight high school guys trying to get them to pay attention. <laughs> I mean, you say that, but that doesn't further the narrative. So, sure. you know. You know, yeah. Let me break right, this down for you. There were so many people at the camp that they couldn't put us in a cabin. They converted a lobby into a cabin. That's where I was. Okay. You're wow. at a place where they went out of their way to accommodate you and your every whim and wish is what I'm hearing. Whoa, no, no. Yeah. You read that all wrong. <laughs> I went, man. and they just they made things happen for me. Okay. They knew who was coming. <laughs> Lee, get, Lee got a little full of himself on the week away. You know what? That's what happens is Lee goes away. He goes to these exclusive exotic locations. <laughs> Exotic Jasper, Georgia. <laughs> and, uh, and that's what happens is he comes back like, hey, guys, you know, pay attention to me because I have a major lung infection or something, you know. Must be nice. Must be nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have gotten the uh, the ruling in from the Say That Judges. They say okay. on a scale of obviously zero to ten sympathy points, Lee rated an 8.3. Okay, for his that's nice. Long, somewhat debilitating illness. Right. And Glenn rated a 
I have to double check this. Nine point seven for the stub toe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. that feels about right. Okay. Uh, Lee, I'm now sorry. the uh, the Qatar delegation has been driving some very nice cars lately <laughs> that they weren't driving before. <laughs> We did hire in the, the FIFA people to oversee our selection committee, and that may not have been the best idea. Well, in Qatar, is, is, I and, and they pronounce it Qatar, by the way, I am quite popular. Really? Are you? Well, do... Is this where I make like an official like I call Glenn's phone and make like a concession? Yes, phone yes, call? that's exactly right. That's well, exactly we're right. already on the Skype call, so calling his phone would be weird, I think. But but Lee, do you feel now that the judges have ruled against you? Do you feel like you need to go ahead and concede your illness to Glenn's toe? <laughs> well, here's the thing: we're gonna have to get the Florida Supreme I, Court involved here at some point. <laughs> I I feel like I I feel like. I would like a recount. There might have been a dimpled Chad that wasn't accounted for. Chad is one of the judges, and his dimples are significant. <laughs> well, Chad we jokes. Have, <laughs> Chad jokes. Twenty fourteen. We have allegations of corruption. Yeah. We have mismanagement of funds. I, I'd say we're back to normal. I absolutely, I and I I think what's delightful is that Lee didn't listen to last week's episode. Because we would be feeling a whole different set of complaints at this point. Yes, absolutely. Well, wait for it. <laughs> so and on uh, that basis, I, I, I declare a totally unrelated emergency. <laughs> what? Oh, wait a second. Yeah. Matt, is this a real emergency? Oh, it's a real emergency. You're not just making stuff up, are you? Absolutely not. Hey, we like to get down to it. I mean, a lot of a lot of stuff gets made up on this podcast. Emergencies, <laughs> lung infections. Lung infections. I mean, whoa, whoa. I mean, we got time-traveling gelosine robots, which are super real, <laughs> and Lee hurts our credibility with made-up lung infections. Right. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. All right, we do have, this is real, I hold in my hand an email, Foley, okay. an wow. email came in Foley. <laughs> from a friend of ours in Wilmington, friend named Matt, no, not me, someone else, very common name, they have an extra special issue so much so that i'm separating it from the rest of the show and giving it an emergency okay okay they okay. say in their email i think uncle glenn might have some advice for me on something right okay. here we go okay my youth pastor pressured me to do something that glenn has previously condemned whoa oh, and we know that's not good uncle glenn's a very graceful man so if sure you've condemned something it's condemned. Pretty rough. Yeah. My youth leader had me and two of my friends play Settlers of Catan. Dun, oh. dun, dun! Wow, you hate to hear that. You really do. Uh, you know, for a young influential minds and stuff, just the, yeah. the super, super nerdy boringness of <laughs> Catan. Yeah. That can affect you. It really can. Because you know what happens? You meet a young lady the opposite sex, you're... You know, talking, hanging out, and she asks you, you know, the questions. You know, kind of, are you serious about the Lord? Are you whatever? Yeah. Right. Have you ever, you know, done this? Have you ever done that? Have you ever played Settlers of Catan? Yeah. And then you have to say, you know, there was this one time. Yeah. I was just experimenting. <laughs> sure. And it just got out of hand. <laughs> yeah. I'm. I'm not proud of my past. And. You know, it. I'm dealing with it, and I'm recovering from that. Yeah. But it's, you know, it is part of my my testimony. Yeah. Yeah. And well, that that could that could affect things. Right. You know. Well, the thing that's worrisome about that is, as we all know, 
you create settler ties. <laughs> yeah. Carry on with you later in life. Yeah. Yeah. I could yeah. really, I mean, it affects everything. Yeah. No, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, I don't know if you're really ever fully the same again. Sure. You well, know? I want to put this to the group. Do we feel like it's possible to be Catan delivered? Well, it, you know, uh, technically the Lord can do anything. Okay. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think it, it is, but the question is, you know, does it ever really go away? Sure, sure. You know, I mean, scars will always be there. I mean, you, yeah, you've already played it. Yeah. That's already, that's that's happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, and it's not like we can turn back the clock. Sure. And, and make you cool again. Sure, sure. Because <laughs> you, you crossed over now. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it's one of those things, too. It's a slippery slope. Yeah. You 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 know, you it, it just starts with settlers of Catan. Sure. <laughs> the next thing you know, you're 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 you know, getting into the, the heavier stuff. Sure, you know? sure. You're out there trying to, you know, score some figurines. Yeah. That sure. where you're doing the, the ones with the in the you get in the basement and you move the figurines around. Yeah, maybe paint your own figurines. That's I mean, you know, you got the, the fumes working. The yeah. whole thing. Yeah. It's it's a slippery slope, y'all. Yeah. Well and then you're hold on. Can I push pause on this whole thing for a second? Sure. Because uh I, I know that Jed has played Dungeons of Dra- Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. I you know, so me and my friends have played Settlers of Catan. I know Matt and I enjoy, you know, an episode of Doctor Who from time to all time. Right. Normally, when it comes to certain things on the podcast, Glenn is all, you know, like uh, uh, Uncle Glenn doesn't judge, and you right. know what, you know, let your freak flag fly, right. and all that kind of stuff. I'm just wondering, like, is there like a double standard when it comes to like uh, board games, and if it's what, what what's going on here? Well, well to, man's got to have a code. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, as as our as our super fans already know, uh, you know, all of us on the podcast have our different backgrounds and things that we, you know, part the things that are part of our past, yeah, sure. and part of our testimony. My testimony is that I'm cool, right? And right. you you guys much less so, right? <laughs> and so. Uh, you know, and, and, and Catan is definitely part of that. Right. You know, and, uh, so that's why the Lord gives me the burden to share with others not to go down that Catan path. Right. Right. You know, sure. You just, you start just by experimenting it. Next thing you know, you're settling in Catan. Okay. 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 And we, we want to see people set free. Sure. And delivered from the Catan. Right. So I mean, they're trying. They wake up in the middle of the night. Wood with the goats. The goats. <laughs> I need goats or what? I don't know what you're chasing the it, sheep. You know? Yeah. This. Uh, I. I had to build a road or something. Right. You know. Right. And then it's like, wait, no, you don't you know, look, dude. You don't. You don't have no road. You ain't never going to get a road because why? Because you're spending all your time on settlers of Catan when you should be having a job. Okay. Well, you'll you see know? it all the time. You'll see people down at the Home Depot. And they've got an armful of bricks right. and lumber that they brought in from the outside, and they're trying to exchange it for rock. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, here's here's another question. Uh, a lot of times on the podcast, we will give people, you know, r- advice about their their you know romantic life. Right. They're you know we're saying, you know, if uh, 
if you're hanging around somebody the opposite sex and you've got this beanie on with the say that logo, right. they know you're down. Right. Are you saying good marketing? This, I mean, is this the is this like is are we talking about the reduction of game at this? Oh point? yeah, for sure. I mean, this is this is like you know I don't know if you can recover from right. you know. Because, uh, you know, you're putting on the, the say that beanie, you've got your say that wristband, whatever the thing is. People look at that and say, well, this person must be epically cool, right. you know. And then they find out that you've been contending. Okay. And it's like, oh, no, I, that's, I, I was mistaken there. Right, right. I'd like to bring this up. <laughs> I'm going to apologize for this joke before I say it. If you play... Uh, Settlers of Catan on the area you sleep, would that make it a Catanning bed? <laughs> you know, I, I, I warned I, you. I think the apology beforehand was the right call. Yeah, I warned you. Don't say I didn't warn you. Oh, that's great. That makes me happy. Well, to return to the needless melodrama, because that was awesome. Uh, Glenn, you yes. know, obviously, you know, we all hope and pray that our young listeners won't make the mistake of crossing the threshold into Catanning, but, right. you know, some, you know, regrettably will. What words of counsel would you give to those who have gotten caught up in the Catan lifestyle? I would say the, the main thing. Yeah. Repent. Okay. Okay. Just, um, <laughs> do you uh, maybe you want to burn your Catan memorabilia for sure? Okay. Um, and you know what? You get you sackcloth. You've already got your ashes going. Sure, sure. From the burning right. Catan yeah, yeah. paraphernalia. So, uh, uh, I I think uh, feel bad about it. Yeah, okay. that helps a lot. A lot. Kill, Just feel real kill. super super bad about it. Okay, because that'll help you not there, do it again. You know. Are there any other kind of are there any kind of gateway games that we oh, need to, be yeah. able to look out for? Oh yeah, I mean for? yeah, I mean. Uh, well, Monopoly is the classic. You know, Mon Monopoly. You're you're already heading down that road. Yeah. You know, uh, you you know. And just because Monopoly is legal in Colorado doesn't make it okay. That's right. That's, that's right. That's right. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's it's a gateway game. Okay. Well, you know, um, for those who are listening, just as, as we get ready to close out this section, you know, we, we just want to speak to you from the heart for a mm. moment. We know that you feel like, you know, I've, I've made mistakes. I've, I've played some games I, I shouldn't have played. You know, mm. I, sure, I, I started with Monopoly, and then yeah. that, that led to Risk. Before I knew it, I was catanning 12 hours straight. Right. And you're, you're probably thinking to yourself, there's, there's no hope for me. You know, probably right. there's, there's nothing for me, and I should, just, I should just give up and just, you know, throw myself into this. And what we want to say to you today as we close out this emergency is you're absolutely right. Yeah. There is it's, no hope It's definitely too late. Yeah. No, you're going to wake up at Comic-Con, <laughs> and you're not even going to know what happened. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Before, as we close this out, I'd like to point out two things. One, Lee, who is the, the only one of us on this show who has been an outspoken advocate of Sailors of Catan, he went away to be at camp with the children. Yeah. Tell them about the Lord. Stay up 20-hour days, running yeah. places, diving into things. He comes back to this podcast to have a good time. Right. And he is feeling so attacked right now. <laughs> right. I want to say that. I also want to say you can buy Glenn's new book, I Kiss Catan Goodbye. Ooh, right. nice. You yeah. still feel bad. You can feel free to buy a second copy. Okay. Buy the hardcover. Because you spend the $30 on the hardcover, that shows how much worse you feel. Right. And then you'll get better. But if you don't, we've got the I Kissed Catan Goodbye Sermon Series. Sure. Right? The DVD. The study the conference. guide. Conference. And as long as you keep spending money on this one thing, as opposed to looking at your problem, 
it'll probably be fine. Yeah, that's the key. Keep feeling bad. Keep giving people your money. That's the way it works. Hey, but as an actual serious thing for just a second for all y'all who are listening, um, uh, Glenn is very cool, but I am not. Right. And we celebrate cool. your nerdiness. Um, oh, yeah, all absolutely. Of you. We, we, uh, we actually um, love Doctor Who and uh, Catan, and I love the heck out of Dungeons and Dragons. I've played sure. thousands of hours of that. If you're, if you're a nerd, we celebrate you, and we love you, and we think it's awesome. Oh, absolutely. Right. Um, I just... And part of True Confessions, Jed's birthday was this week, and I gave him a Superman comic. That's 100% That's true. what we're working with here. And I was delighted. I believe for Christmas last last year at Christmas, I gave both Lee and his five-year-old son Wolverine figurines. Yeah. Yes, I mean, sir. It's a safe place. Glenn judges us, but it right. doesn't make us any weaker. No. It only makes us want to annoy him with this stuff more. Nerds yeah. unite. And Glenn, yeah. speaking of Jed's birthday... Gave right. Jed knives. Yes, that's correct. one Japanese, one, one from the French Foreign Legion, and typed up <laughs> the history of the knife. That's correct. And that's read totally it aloud. True. Yes, proving that nerdy is in the eye of the beholder. Oh yes, oh yes. Well, it was um, it, it it was epic. It was yeah. amazing. Yeah, it was wonderful. It was heartfelt. Sure. A little bit nerdy. It was stirring. Yeah. It was dramatic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you you I, researched a Japanese smithing guild. That's yes. correct. That is a, that is an actually mind, true. Super cool. The rest that, of us with that's our with our as Japan's cool as it comic could books. possibly get. And not only that, I clearly won your birthday. True enough. Well, sure, sure, absolutely. <laughs> so, there, well, the, on that, that revelation, <laughs> we say. Absolutely, let your let your nerd flag fly, and we're happy to do it. And emergency off. Woot. Emergency off. One of the ways you'll see the things a lot of us are nerdy about in the music side of things, the writing side of things, it's all going to come out. You're going to hear me make some really nerdy references and some sermons. That's all going to show up on Bridgebox. Oh, yes. Now, here's the thing. We put all that nerdiness in a pot, and Jed runs it through the Pro Tools machines. It becomes pretty cool. Yeah, it's true. Comes out sounding pretty awesome. We got your your something epic band. We got your yep. front towards enemy. Mm-hmm. We got your rampant lion. We got your pool house guru. Yeah, That's just right. the lineup from this month. Yep. yep. That's a tour T-shirt right there, folks. Oh yeah. Yep. They don't let you name your band that kind of stuff if you ain't cool. That's this is right. what I'm talking about. We also got sermons from Glenn and myself. We got written stuff from Glenn. We got Bible studies. Lots of cool stuff. We don't care about it being cool, though, even though it is. What we want it to do is help you with your walk. And the money you pay for Bridgebox, only $8 a month. Not only do you get help with your walk, it helps us fund what we're doing here in Chicago to help men and women on the streets, coming out of jail, coming out of gangs, with their walk. Because we are, if nothing else, ministry nerds. That's definitely true. And that's doing ministry by funding ministry, and that is ministry nerd nirvana. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And if you want to get a little Lee Unger flavor with it, you can get sign up at missionusa.com slash BBLY. You get a brand new song from Lee every month. If you're a Lee Younger nerd, and you just got to have the newest and the most indie and the most underground that only the Lee Younger super fans get in on. Videos, lots of extra stuff Lee has cultivated from former Bridgebox. You can do that at missionusa.com slash BBLY, or you can sign up for the regular Bridgebox, missionusa.com slash Bridgebox, $8 each, or you can email me, Matt, at missionusa.com and get the special super secret link 
to get both for only twelve dollars. All right, we're gonna move on to our first question here. If you hang out with us all the way to the end, I will give you some ways to get in touch with this. First question comes in anonymously at our Tumblr. It says, "What practical advice do you have for people who are fighting loneliness during a time of being single?" Glenn, will you kick us off? Well, yeah, and, and we do get a certain amount of questions like this, and we're definitely sorry that you've got this feeling going of of loneliness. Uh, and I think the first thing we want to look at with loneliness is that it has a way of forming a bit of a feedback loop. You feel lonely, and then that feeling kind of grows because you're thinking, well, how do I not be lonely? And you, you don't have that many ideas. And when you're lonely, sometimes you only want to be in your sweatpants and eat chips and watch Netflix. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, you that feeling of being lonely makes you less enthusiastic about going out there and being and having fun. It makes you feel kind of depressed and, and negative and like staying home in your sweatpants. And now you're lonelier than when you started. And, uh, and, and that loneliness becomes a, 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 a thing that gets in your head after a while. So we want to make sure that we uh, arrest that thinking before it gets out of hand. And we want, we want to, to say it's good for us to spend a certain amount of time on our own. Uh, uh, we Our walk thrives on one-on-one -on -one time with the Lord. So having that solitude is a good thing. Uh, that's not a negative thing. Uh, I think we can get into a mentality of people who are in couples have won. They have achieved something amazing, <laughs> and I am losing because I don't have – that I'm not with someone. Uh, that's not how that works. Uh, it's better to be alone and working on yourself and working on your relationship with the Lord than being in a bad relationship. And if, you know, sometimes your friends portray their relationships in glowing terms when the reality is a little bit darker. So let's, let's be honest about that. Uh, what we want to do then is to be proactive about that. Meaning we want to be aggressive in dealing with this. We want to, we want to have a, uh, a plan moving forward. Now that might be, um, uh, uh, dating websites. It might be uh, uh, finding a singles group in your area. Uh, it might be something like uh, you know uh, learning uh, ballroom dancing or you know a new new hobby where you're going to meet other people. Uh, whatever those things are. Uh, but I think that the the real problem that we see with loneliness is we get into a mentality of sort of waiting and we're back on our heels and uh -huh. and again we're sort of overwhelmed by the feeling. So the, the image I'm trying to give you, the picture I'm trying to give you, is where we reverse course on that. You know, it's like they say that doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. So it's the idea that uh, we need to change our tactics if we want to change those results. You can't just snap your fingers, though, and make that happen. And we, we have to be realistic about that. You can't just make a man appear right now to date me. That's, you know, that's things don't quite work that way. But... Uh, you you you'll you'll find yourself in in the fresh food section at the grocery store and you'll see a guy who's cute and he doesn't have a ring on his finger you know would it be weird to go over and just talk to him and see what's up you know would that um you know that that's a it, it would be an assertive mood yes it's an assertive thing it's a bold thing but it's not uh you know oddly 
you know, out of it's it's not like you're throwing yourself at this guy. It's not like you're, you know, putting your hand on your hip and say, Hey sailor, what's new in town or whatever that, you know, it, it's, it's, we're, Thank you. and it's also not the 1940s. So it's, you know, right. Uh, yeah. You're not Bridget Bardot. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, uh, we have to have a realistic picture of, you know, there, there has to be a mentality. If you say, if I'm lonely and that feels bad on one side, on the other side of that equation, to balance that off is I need to be more assertive. I need to be more bold. I need to put myself out there a little bit more. Yeah, uh, yeah that means getting shot down a little bit more, yes. And you're thinking, well, if I'm already lonely, now you add being shot down to that, that's going deeper in the hole. Uh, but the reality is it's it can be tough, really tough to meet somebody and tough to meet a quality person uh, and and. Uh, tough to find those relationships, and especially if you're an introverted person like I certainly am, uh, it's hard to meet those people. So we want to encourage you to be uh, uh, to 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 work that change in your personality, where you're meeting more people, interacting with more people. Maybe the cute guy in the in the fresh food section doesn't love Jesus and has sort of a funky attitude, and he has some girlfriend who's too skinny and all stuck up and she thinks she's all whatever but he's got a cousin see who loves jesus and is better looking so why don't we you know uh, th- this is what we get from being a little more assertive and putting ourselves out there now glenn i want to follow up on one thing you said real quick so you're saying that introversion is like just a part of your personality that sometimes you'll have to overcome to accomplish things that's correct yeah. and not a magical spell that means the entire world has to revolve around you that's yeah uh, yeah, and it it it's not an excuse. For See, if someone who spends a lot of time on Tumblr, that news is <laughs> yeah, kind of revelatory to me. Yeah, and, and per our dinner conversation tonight, uh, the 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 movies that you've seen about the woman who is perplexed over what guy to choose while the two guys fight over her for the whole movie is also not reality. Sure. So there, sometimes we get bummed out by classic that. Classic Uncle Glenn rant. Yeah, Lee, go ahead. Um, I, I I love where Glenn's going on this. I I love the idea that um, <clears throat> that you, you know I, I think this this idea of putting yourself out there and thinking about you know being afraid of the rejection and realizing that actually you know uh, taking some swings at this and getting you know and maybe going through some rejection as Glenn is saying that is actually a whole lot more positive than just sitting there being sad about the loneliness and nothing ever happening. It, and it feels like a fear right now, but it's actually a much better step. Um, the, the place that I would take this is, um, is number one, um, you're, you're asking for practical advice. One piece of practical advice is uh, let's give eHarmony a try. Yeah. Um, like, let's just sign up for it and see what happens. Um, don't sign up. I, I will say this. Don't sign up for the, the, the Christian one, uh, the Christian mingle one. Okay. Don't uh, sign up um, for the Christian one is always a good piece of advice. Yeah. Well, I, I, I say that because eHarmony actually has a really good, uh, algorithm and they have a really good process by the way that the way that people kind of match up and all that kind of stuff. The Christian mingle one, the, it's a totally different thing. It's not the same. It's not developed in the same way. The software is different. I've had some friends who have done both, and the 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 horror stories are pretty crazy with the Christian. So Mingle. Lee, not to cut you off, what you're saying is there was a version of a very successful secular version of a thing, and then Christians made a version that wasn't nearly <laughs> as good, and just counted on the fact that there was Christian in the name to make people use it. <laughs> well, I am uh, shocked. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> 
Is Christian? That's kind of what happened. Lee, there. Is Christian Mingle the one where all the ads have super scantily clad people next to the phrase "Jesus is Lord"? Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure that's the one. Yeah, that's yeah. that's classy. Is what that is. Marketing. Yeah. All right. Sorry to derail, Lee. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. As far as practical advice, let's sign on to eHarmony. Let's uh, let let's go for it. Let's see what happens. Um, you might meet someone in you know in, in your city or in a, a city near yours, and um, you might you know have some cool conversations, emails back and forth. You might have some good phone conversations, FaceTime somebody, go on a date or two, and find out you really don't like this person, or you might find out some cool stuff about them, or you might find out some cool stuff about yourself. That's that's one practical piece of advice. Here's the other practical piece of advice I would give, and this comes out of something that you've heard Glenn say, you've heard Jed say on the podcast before, and that is, um, and and uh, you know I, I might be stealing somebody's next answer here, but that you want to give away the thing that you're wanting to get. So, um, like, what you should do is uh, while you're, you know, let's say you sign up for eHarmony or whatever, and you're kind of, you know, looking at, you know, uh, you know, getting to know some guys or whatever. At the same time. I would pray about and look around for in your church or in a parachurch ministry a place that you can be involved in some outreach ministry. What and what I mean by that is a ministry to some people where you you see someone who is lonely, who needs a friend, who needs somebody to talk to, who needs somebody to listen to them, who needs somebody to care about them, and you get involved in that. Maybe that's at an old folks' home. Maybe that's you're in a college outreach or something like that. Maybe you are. Maybe you're a college age person and you get involved with a ministry like Young Life and you go do summer staff or something where you work at a camp. And and what's great about something like that is if you can plug into ministry, there's a lot of things that are going to happen. Number one, you are going to have a, a different kind of fulfillment that's going to, it's going to overwhelm a lot of that loneliness because you're going to be pouring your life out. And you're going to be meeting the needs of somebody else's loneliness. You're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus in somebody else's life. That's going to be awesome. The other thing that's going to happen is you're going to look around at this ministry and uh, the other people that are doing the ministry along with you, they're going to become your friends. And uh, you're going to have people, people that you can talk to and people that you can hang out with when you're not doing the ministry. There may be a dude there that thinks you're cute and that you think is cute and you may start hanging out. You never know what could happen. But as far as for these, when you're talking about fighting these feelings of loneliness when you're single... Um, let's take the practical step of getting on the eHarmony and just going for it, trying to meet some guys, but also, or, or trying to meet some gals or, or, you know, guy or gal, whoever you are, but also let's do some outreach ministry. Let's find somebody that's lonely, pour your life out, get involved, take care of somebody else, and, and a lot of these needs are going to get met. Absolutely, Jed. Well, you've already heard a lot of really good advice. And just to reiterate, my friend, we're sorry you're going through a rough time. I, I know it's difficult. Loneliness really, really sucks, and, and we're sorry that you're dealing with it. Uh, the last thing I would throw in is really to build on what both Glenn and Lee have been saying, and that is to remind yourself that you're single by choice. I, I, I know that you probably don't feel that way, but, but you are, and let me explain why I say that. You could go have a boyfriend or girlfriend tomorrow if you were willing to super duper lower your standards and just kind of do whatever it took to have that you you could if if you've never had a boyfriend or girlfriend before maybe you don't know that but i promise you that's true you can get the hookup right now if if that's the thing but that's not what you want 
Um, if you're writing into it, so you're trying to figure out how to do this in a godly way, you're trying to wait on the Lord's timing, which means you're choosing to be single for the moment. Well, that's it's important that you know, A, because it means that you're not a victim. It means that you're going through a rough time, but you're choosing to face it, which is a different category. But it also puts you in an active role in your life. That's what you're hearing Glenn talking about. That's what you're hearing Lee talking about, is not being passive as a person, not being passive enough, but being active, recognizing that a good life, single or not, is about making choices, actively deciding what you want your life to look like, and then living that out. So they've given you really good advice on how to do that with the dating side of things, and I'd encourage you to take that even farther and do that with everything in your life. You have more freedom when you're a single person than you'll ever have again in your life to craft your life to be whatever you want it to be. So think about, journal this, write it down. What are the things you've always wanted to do? Maybe you want to do some traveling. Maybe you want to join a community theater. Maybe you want to run a marathon. Maybe you want to take that cooking class or get into rock climbing or whatever it is. Do those things. Go after it. Live live that life. The reason I point to that is there's a funny thing about loneliness is that it tells you a lie about yourself. It tells you you're, you're no good, you're no fun, nobody wants right. to be around you. And the thing is, if you start believing that, you start living into those lies. If you start, it, loneliness tells you, you know, if you were more fun, you wouldn't be single. You're just, you're just no fun. Well, you start listening to that. You say, you know what? I am no fun. And next thing we know, we are sitting at home in sweatpants eating Cheetos every night because that's, that's what a not fun person does. Here's what I want to say back to you. You are fun. You are cool. You deserve to have a good time. You deserve to have excitement. Absolutely take proactive steps on the dating and there's no question Lee is right. Get involved in actively ministering to other people but I'd encourage you to take that even farther and have passions. Have hobbies. Have things you're excited about. Have dreams that you're that you're living out. Maybe you've always wanted to be a fashion designer. Buy that sewing machine, man. Get it and hook it up. Start start playing with it. As you live, as you choose to have a full life, you're going to notice two things. One, the loneliness will bother you less, just so you know, because you're not going to be thinking about it nearly as much. Right. But two, as you live that full life that includes both putting yourself out there romantically, ministering to other people, and pursuing your own hobbies, interests, and passions, you're going to find that you have a better sense of what it is you're looking for in a relationship, and that's going to make all of that easier to hook up. It's absolutely right. All right, we're going to go to our next question here. This came in also anonymously at our Tumblr. It says, what are the minimum beliefs you need to have to be saved? For example, can you not believe there's a trinity and be Christian? Can you believe in evolution? What about if you believe in the prosperity gospel? What exactly determines if you are in or if you are out? And Lee, can you start us off? Yeah, definitely. Um <clears throat> So the thing is, there, there was a there's a place in the the book of Acts, chapter sixteen. The apostle Paul is in this prison, and this this uh, there's a guard keeping guard over this prison. And there's an earthquake, and the whole thing falls apart. The guard thinks Paul has escaped. He thinks he is going to get fired and executed, and his life is terrible. He's he he knows his life is a, is you know it's it's totally empty, and he, and he thinks he's going to die and everything. So he's about to kill himself, and the apostle Paul shows up and says, "Don't." kill yourself. We're right here. We didn't run away. And this guy is like, he's like sword to his stomach. He's about to end it all. His life is totally meaningless. And he's like, what do I have to do to be saved? And Paul just says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. You've heard us say on the podcast before that like the, the stuff that you have to know to get in on a relationship with Jesus is dirt simple. It is the simplest, most basic thing, which is 
your life on your own doesn't work. If you're the one, if you're if you if if you're driving the 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 car of your life, if you got the keys in your hand, you're gonna wrap it around a tree every single time. You're gonna screw the thing up. And Jesus came to rescue from that, rescue you from that, rescue you from yourself, save you from your past, save you from your you know your bad instincts, all that kind of stuff, and to give you a whole new life. If you want a total forgiveness, and if you want a whole new life, and if you want paradise forever, ask him to give it to you, and he will give it to you. That's it. That's sim- It's that simple. Jesus, who was and is God, has died to save you from yourself and to give you a whole new life. That's what you have to that's what you have to believe to be in on this thing. Are you tired of the old life that you had? Are you ready for something new or do you want to get it from Jesus? There's a whole lot of other things, you know, can you can you believe in evolution? You know, there's some people that they believe in a young earth and an old earth. I, I'll tell you what, I don't care how old the earth is. And I don't really I don't I'm not I, I wasn't there. And so I don't know, and I, I don't care about the evolution thing or whatever, and the prosperity gospel. I don't believe in prosperity, but it's like all these little things. There's all these little hiccups, but the main thing is, are you? Do you want a new life that only Jesus can give you? And are you asking Him to give that to you? That's what it is. Do you want to be rescued from your old self, and do you want to be with Him? That's the whole thing. That's what you got to do to get in. Absolutely, Jed. I'm going to tell you a story. I uh, talk for a living. I'm in front of people all the time. I have zero stage fright. The day I got married, I was so nervous. My hands were shaking. I, I was stumbling over my own words. I was just a mess. And I have no idea why I was nervous because it's. Uh, I'm going to say I do. She's going to say I do. So it's not really anything to be nervous about. But um, I was so, so nervous. And here's the thing is, I can't tell you what I agreed to. I have no idea. I, I remember a, a pastor saying, do you blah, 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 blah. It was all a rush. And there was kind of a pause. And everybody was staring at me and said, yeah, yeah I, yeah, I do. I do. And then he said more stuff. I said, yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. And he said more stuff. I said, yeah, I do. And then they said, now you're married. So, wow, I, I, guess I, I guess I pulled it off. It's pretty cool for me. Here's why I tell you that. I am married because they said, do you, do you want to be with this, with this girl? And I said, yes. Now, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. That, yeah. That's the thing about marriage is um, they say, do you promise to love, honor, and cherish, forsaking all others in sickness and poor? Dude, I don't care who you are. If, if you've never been married, you have no idea what you're agreeing to in that moment. Right, that's right. But the thing is, the fact that you have no idea doesn't make you any less married. Right. When, when that dude says, by the power invested in me, I now pronounce you husband and wife, you are, you are 100% married. It's, right. it's fully switched on. Now, as you grow, as you get older, as you work on your marriage, as you love each other, you discover what you agreed to. You, you, know, you, you live into the reality of there's, the promises. There's a lot of implications. I mean, there was richer, poor, blah, blah, blah. But there was, <laughs> you know, you really are obligated to go shoe shopping a lot. A lot. That was like implied. It was it, in there. You didn't know it. But now that's how that's the world you're living in. Exactly right. I see the word poor has been underlined several times and circled. All right. This is why I bring all this up is that there's a very similar thing. When you get saved, you're saying to Jesus, I do. That's what's going on. Jesus is saying, you're in trouble. I want to rescue you. 
can I rescue you? Will you will you let me rescue you? And you say, yes, I do. You understand then very, very little about what you're agreeing to. Right. In the same way that I understood very little about what I was agreeing to when I got married. Now, after you've been saved a long time, you're going to understand more about what you got yourself into when you said, I do to Jesus, but you still don't understand the whole thing. I mean, the, the idea that an infinite God who exists outside of time and space has um, an impossibly vast love for you and wants you accepts you in spite of your transgressions, has pursued you to the ends of the earth, has paid every cost and wants to give you love and salvation and eternity with him as a free gift, your mind is not capable of taking that all in. Right. Um, if you could, for a moment, comprehend it, your brain would explode because it's a mystery. It's something that is beyond human comprehension. Theology, these doctrinal statements, they are a way to try and help us wrap our brains around individual pieces of that great mystery. But it doesn't change the fact that it's a mystery. It doesn't change the fact that this is something um, beyond human comprehension. It, it, it is a, it's an, you know, an inexpressible love. And so the question for you will always be, do you want in? Um, it, will you say, I do, to Jesus? No matter how much theology you understand, no matter how much right belief you have, there will always be an infinite more that you don't have. That's, that's the nature of a profound mystery. The thing for you is Jesus has come to you in your life and he said, I, you're in trouble, can I help you? If you've said yes to that, you're saved as saved can be. There, right. there, there's no higher level of saved. It's not that you're going to read a book that's going to break things down for you in a new way and go, oh, I wasn't saved before, but now I really am. And if you're reading a book that's trying to tell you that, you need to find a new book to read. When you say, I do to Jesus... When you say, yes, I want, I want in, you're as saved as saved can be. As we grow in that, we learn more about what that means. We learn more about what the ramifications are. The same thing as being married. But you're as saved as saved can be from that very first moment. Absolutely right, Glenn. Yeah, bottom line, <coughs> excuse me, you asked, you know, what determines are you in or are you out? You know, what, what determines whether you're saved or not? Uh, the answer to that question is God determines that. Hello. Right. Um uh, and here's why I'm saying that, because what we're telling you is if you want it and you say, I want it, you, if you say, it. I do, you got it. That's it. That's it's really not more complicated than that period. The end. Now here's, here's what, uh, s someone in, in, in many respects, the question that you're asking is what comes next, which is all this yeah. theology and all this doctrine and all this philosophizing and whatever else. Now here's the here's the thing that I want to tell you about that is there's two different kinds of people that try to move forward from that point of salvation in two different ways. One person says I'm I'm saved now because I accepted salvation and I as you know, Jed said I don't know really what I'm getting into but I'm I I accepted it I'm there and I'm in and I've I I'm I have eternal life in paradise as a free gift that I have received, and I'm super thankful for that, and, and I'm excited about that, and I want to tell all my friends. That's type of person number one. Type of person number two looks at the same situation and says, yeah, but when you, when you say that you accepted Jesus into your heart, what does acceptance really mean? Mm -hmm. 
And what constitutes acceptance? And don't we accept him a little bit at a time over a long period of time? Mm. Can you really accept Jesus all at once? Mm. And they start splitting these hairs and they start talking theologically and philosophically and they start dipping into your pocket and they start saying, sign up for my class and my seminar and buy my book and, get, and, and, and come to my seminary and all these different kinds of things. Uh, and that's a different type of person. That, and that type of person says this is a thing of the head. You know, this is not a thing of the heart. This is a thing of the head. This is a philosophy that has a spiritual dimension to it. This is an intellectual exercise that also happens to have these spiritual implications, which are very, very nice. That's a different type of dude, okay? None of those dudes are on this podcast. So we're giving you the other side of the picture uh, we're the ones who got thankful, then started telling our friends ab- about Jesus. And the thing is, we found a joy and a life and a meaning to that. And then we started reading scripture and realized that's the right take. That's how he wants us to be. That's what's going on. So everything about our lives is really geared and oriented around the, the philosophy and the tactics and the strategy of how do we share the faith. It's not about how saved is the guy I'm talking to and trying to split hairs on what constitutes a decision. Those are things that you would, frankly, that would get you avoiding uh, that moment of sharing your faith and whatever. That, that's, that's, a, that's a diversion from the kind of thing that we're doing. So we're answering these questions uh, in a different way. For us, the, the, if, if you want to take Christianity to the next level, uh, that's about the heart. That's about sharing, and that, and I mean, in any way, that could be you're going overseas and digging a well. That could be you're you're um, witnessing to your friends uh, around the lunch table at school. That could be you you just start a blog and you start just putting some thoughts on. You read some scripture, you put some thoughts up there, and what have you, and that inspires people. It could be anything really, but that's taking Christianity to the next level. When you say I'm going to take it to the next level and I'm going to philosophize really deep and really hard, I think you've lost the thread. That's absolutely right, Jed. One more thing. Yeah, Glenn says something that just spurred a thought. I think is really, really super cool. Which is what you're asking here, which is exactly right. Is what comes next? Let's look at marriage again for a quick second, because this is really important stuff. If you get married and you want to make it work, here's how you make it work: is you say um, we're two people with differences and opinions and feelings and whatnot, but we're committed to making this relationship work. So we're not going to hide what's going on from each other. We're going to bring it to each other. So you know, uh, um, I uh, have a reputation apparently for leaving shoes everywhere mm. um, and early on in our marriage the studios just littered with them it's totally true <laughs> early on in our marriage my wife came to me and said you are driving me crazy with the shoes what is wrong right. with you right. I looked around and said I, I am kind of leaving shoes everywhere right. but there in that moment there's 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 part of me that says but don't I have this is my house don't I have a right to leave yeah, shoes no, no, everywhere no, I want no, because no, besides no. so forth the do not again. listen to that voice <laughs> whatever you do is this the hill you want to die on <laughs> that, that's the voice of total destruction that's <laughs> totally true but but we 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 got to work it out and and you know and what we come to is is her saying no baby I know that you, you know you want to live in a house where you have freedom and whatnot right. I want that for you too just as this is not the right way to express that and we right. gotta you know have a system and whatnot tell you that to tell you this that's how you have a successful marriage is you right. talk things out you're committed to making the relationship work and you work it out it's the same thing in your walk with the Lord you said in this question right. can you engage in pulling a 
polygamy and be saved. I don't know, but I can tell you if you want to have a good walk, here's what you do is you go to the Lord and say, if I could have like five girlfriends, wouldn't that be like five times as good? Right. Wouldn't that? I mean, Jesus, look, I know you seem to be saying I should only have one girlfriend, but I think five girlfriends would be five times as awesome. What do you think about that? Now, that probably sounds really super unchristian because what we all think of as being Christian is just saying, okay, Jesus, whatever you want, whatever you think is fine because you are in charge and I think everything you think is great. But that would never work in a marriage. Right. If you had a marriage where you had one partner who always said, oh no, everything you think is fine, dear. I love everything you think all the time because you're never wrong about anything. That won't work in a marriage. You have to have two people that will talk things out and, and have disagreements. Well, even though Jesus ultimately is right, if you want a healthy walk, you need to be in a place where you'll come to him and say, I want to have five girlfriends. I know I'm wrong. I know that's totally hinky, but I need to express that to you, Lord. I, I need to be able to tell you about that. And that's advanced Christianity. That's advanced Christianity because what you may hear coming back from the Lord is, well, what you want is to have a lot of sex all the time. Right. That's what you want. I want that for you too. Right. I want to get you to a place where your sexual needs are satisfied. In fact, if you'll read the Bible, I said it in there right. that I want your sexual needs to be satisfied. So let's figure out how do we get to that point. Right. If you'll bring those desires to the Lord, but in the context of I'm committed to making this relationship work. I'm committed to the Lord. I'm committed to figuring it out, but here's where I'm at today. I want to have a lot of sex. I want to be rich. I want to you know, be smart, this, that, and the other thing, but I'm going to take that to the Lord and let him tell me what to do with that desire. Then you will truly have something. Great point. I move on to the last question here. It came into our Tumblr. It says, a girl and I like each other and we want to get into a relationship. That, however, is oddly not the end of the question. Okay. However, I have a lot of fears. Are we spiritually mature enough for the relationship? Are we emotionally ready? Can we center on the relationship on God rather than on ourselves? Can we use the relationship to glorify God? What if the relationship doesn't work out because of a bad habit of mine or hers? So, my question is, should I hold off on the relationship because of those fears? Mm. Or should I still go for the relationship? Jed, kick us off. Well, bro, I, I appreciate you writing in, and um, I totally hear you that you're feeling freaked out, you're you're feeling unsure of yourself, and if we want to be fair, you come by that honestly. You There's totally. a huge publishing industry that makes millions of dollars by convincing you to be afraid of dating. Not to mention the uh, speaking industry, the yes. church industry, the sermon industry. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. I'm going to tell you a secret about Christians and church culture, which is they tell you all the time where things are supposed to land, but they never tell you how to get there. Let's go back through your question. You say, can we center the relationship on God rather than ourselves? Can we use the relationship to glorify God? Um, uh, What if the relationship doesn't work because of a bad habit of mine or hers? Let me read back to what you're saying. I want to wind up with a relationship that's centered on God. I want to wind up with a relationship um, that glorifies God. I want to wind up with a relationship that isn't beset with our bad habits. You're not wrong to want those things. God wants those things for you too, and we on this podcast want those things for you. The trick is that's where that's the destination. That's not the beginning. No one starts there. Nobody starts there. That's not possible. Well, and to your point about coming by your fears honestly. If no one whose book you're reading or sermon you're listening to or whatever has ever even tried to tell you how to get there, it's easy to come to the assumption that it should just be happening. Yeah. So if you don't start off there, you're just doomed. So 
uh, the marriage, the relationship you want. Uh, Glenn is sitting across the table from me. Glenn has an amazing marriage. He has a marriage that glorifies God. He has a marriage that is centered on God. He has a marriage that um, uh, is not completely beset and destroyed by bad habits. But here's the thing that you need to understand is, y'all been married 25 years? No, uh, 22. 22. Three, somewhere <laughs> in there. I just got you in big trouble, dude. Me right down yeah, the you edit did, point Jed. here. You're Man, that was, welcome. You set him up. All right. Way to go, Jed. Next month's Bridge Box may be a little late, and we'll be looking for a new project manager as Jed has been murdered. Yeah. Okay. I'll never be fired, only murdered. That's that's the key thing. All right, but here's the thing. You have so across the table for me is a dude that has the kind of marriage, the kind of relationship you want to have, but he got it. After 20 years of nonstop hard work and focus all day, every day. Right. Per what we were just talking about the last question, 20 years of never compromising, of saying, I got a funky attitude, you got a funky attitude, we're going to get together and talk this out until we figure something out and we figure out a way forward. What you've been what you've been sold on, my friend, and this and this is the real problem. You, you've been sold that if you'll get everything exactly right, it will be good from day one. That if you'll be if you'll have enough faith and uh, paint my numbers and do everything exactly right, it will just glorify God from day one, and it'll be Christ centered from day one, and there'll be no problems. And that's a lie. That's simply right. not true. Every relationship, every marriage starts out as complete disaster. It starts out <laughs> with two people who have right. no idea what they're doing, are completely clueless, pointed not just in the wrong direction, but just weird directions that don't make sense and are funky and bizarre, have nothing to do with the Lord. That's where everyone starts, right. without exception. Doesn't matter how old they are either. If you're getting married, if you're in a relationship for the first time, that's where you're starting, guaranteed. Yeah. The thing that matters is having the humility to go to the Lord and go to trusted advisors and older Christians saying, tell me what to do. That's what matters. And being honest, being honest with yourself, being honest with your partner, being honest with your mentors, and being honest with the Lord. If you'll be honest, if you'll be humble, if you'll take good advice and act on it, things like when the voice in your head says, argue about the shoes, argue about the shoes, you've got a point, <laughs> yeah. argue about the shoes, saying, I, I don't have a point, no, right, I, yeah. I will be happy to put my shoes away. Right. If you'll live out that life of humility, honesty, receiving advice, and acting on it, you will grow into that kind of relationship that you desire, guaranteed. Absolutely, Glenn. Yeah, let's start here on on fear. Uh, fear is about lies. Okay, mm -hmm. think of it like this. It, it, let's say you're standing next to a cliff and you say, I'm afraid I'm going to fall off this cliff. Well, here's the thing. You're not falling off. There, that's, that's thing number one. You could fall off, but you're, you're feeling bad just in case you fall off the cliff. I mean, it's not the same. If you are falling off the cliff, you don't call that fear. If you're falling, you're yeah. you're you're extremely concerned. That's but an accurate assessment of this current situation. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly right. Fear is that you feel an emotion about something that's actually not happening. Yeah, you know that's the. Let's just uh, deal with the lie element of of uh, the way fear works. Uh, secondly, fear does not have the power to help. Yeah, if you're hanging on to that as your life preserver for this relationship, we're in trouble. <laughs> and the the fear itself is the problem. Yeah. You know, you you don't have to worry about anything else on your list more than you have to worry about fear. Get rid of the fear. Of course, me telling you to worry about fear, of course, is meta fear. 
Um, but uh, <laughs> I copyrighted that. That's all. Uh, that's that's mine now. Sure, trademark Uncle Glenn. Thank you. Uh, so here's the thing. That's is, how copyright law works, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, here's the thing: is uh, fear it, it simply will not give you uh, the ability to build a quality relationship. You cannot operate uh, from fear. <coughs> fear gives you, as I'm saying, it's about lies. It gives you false feedback. You'd be afraid of something that doesn't exist. It's not going on. Whatever you can feel, huge emotions. And the thing about fear is it paralyzes you. Yeah. So if you got something that's just freezing you up at the moment that you want to be proactive, as Jed is saying, and solving problems and knocking out conflicts and 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 being creative and being bold and being assertive in in uh, you know uh, working out all the kinks in this relationship, but suddenly you're paralyzed out of fear, you just made this whole thing a whole lot worse. And again, this is all lies. This is not based on real. You have real problems. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to have other emotions about not problems that doesn't make any sense so fear isn't that thing and i think one of the last things i want to ask you to think about is whether we we just finished wrestling with and setting aside sort of a philosophical question but this might be one that's that's a little bit more worth asking which is does fear cross a line into being a sin for all the times that God says in Scripture, "Do not be afraid," for all the, and it sounds like a command. For all the time the Lord says, "You know, take courage." Uh, it it would really seem to imply. I mean, I mean, I know there are people who can take one line out of the Bible that says this thing is a sin and build a whole cultural institution around that march with signs you know just ride that right down to the last bit of social acceptableness down to nothing off that one line in the bible this comes up often do not be afraid in my universe you you work it out however you want to work it out in my universe Fear reads a whole lot more like a sin. It destroys things like sin does. It distracts me like sin does. It throws me off like sin does. It tells me lies like sin does. It walks, quacks, acts, does everything just like a sin. So for me, I think that's what I'm I, I'm looking at. And the thing is, I, I spend a lot of time around Christians, and they are deeply embarrassed of certain kinds of sins. They wouldn't want anybody to know about their porn addiction. They wouldn't want anybody to know about, you know, this guilty pleasure TV show that they watch or this this uh, this one CD in their collection or whatever. Uh, they, they wouldn't want anybody to know about these certain kinds of things. But they'll talk about fear with absolutely no sense of that, that there's something wrong with yeah, that. Yeah. There's no sense of I should be embarrassed to admit this in front of everyone. Uh, either way you want to look at it, courage is a virtue. It's a godly virtue. Uh, uh, God is not afraid of anything. God doesn't want you to be afraid of anything. He wants to give you courage for you to, for you to be a man of courage. If you want to have a quality relationship, you're going to need a courageous, uh, a, a, a big bucket of courageousness. Yep. That you use to be to to boldly set out and solve these problems. Totally, Lee. Well, I love what these guys are saying on this. There's not a, a ton to add. Uh, the only thing I would do on this question is like, 
It's just to kind of change your perspective about it. Like if we, if we were to just look at this from another angle, what would happen? So for instance, let's say that, let's say that, uh, you know, you, you've got, you've got a new house and you just, you've got like an area of the yard and you say, I want to take this area of the yard and I want to make a flower bed. Right. So I'm going to, so, you know, I guess what you would do here is you would like, you would like, you know, take care, you know, make the, make sure the soil was good and you would get some mulch and you would buy some flowers. You put those in there and you would, you know, water that flower bed and weed it and fertilize it, et cetera. That's, that's what you would do. Well, what if when you got the plan ready, you know, and you were talking to your roommates or something, it was like, well, should we do this flower bed? And it's like, well, yeah, I think the flower bed's a good idea. It's like, well, we, we've all agreed that we want the flower bed. And somebody says, yeah, but, but, but what if, uh, what if it doesn't rain? Lee, what if God hates the flower bed? Lee, do you do you feel confident that these flowers glorify Jesus Christ and that this is not <laughs> simply your own vanity at work? What if Yeah, what if what if I can't what if what if right now it seems like I can af- I can afford the fertilizer, but what if later I can't afford it? What does a 20-year-old with no gardening experience and a book contract have to say about this? <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, and of course, the the thing about this is it's absolutely, I mean, it's it's a ridiculous situation because you would say, well, no, I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't navigate your decision that way. You would just go ahead and start. Yeah. You would, you know, you would dig up some of that soil in the area that you want to plant, and and you know, if you if you didn't do a great job of it at the beginning, you would learn, you know, and you would get better at it as you went along, and you would learn. Well, no, I've got to I've got to pull these weeds every day. You would learn this thing about deadheading where you got to pull the old petals off the old flowers and and pretty soon after a while you would actually become somebody that knows a lot about about you know flowers and you would learn you would have a cool flower bed and that that's the whole thing is that rather than stopping at the beginning saying well who's to say what what might happen what you know what if i don't do this well what if i'm what if our flower bed's not as beautiful as this other one what if it's what if we don't get exactly what we're looking for right off the bat instead of that you would just go ahead and start and then you would learn it. And then after a while, you get better at it. And that's the way that relationships work, is that as these guys are saying, you can't navigate this by fear. You just need to jump in there and get started and go with it. And you start to learn. And actually, the, the cool thing about the flower bed illustration is that relationships are a lot like that. They take daily maintenance. Yes. They, they, you, you, have to, you have to make sure that the soil is good. You have to weed this thing every day. You got you to gotta fertilize it. You got to keep watering it. You got to you know, pull up. The, you got to have these conversations as Jed's talking about. This is an everyday day thing you, you you're not very good at at the beginning you don't know a lot about you know horticulture at the beginning but then as you go along you get better and better and better at it and that's why you see grandmas who spend every day in their gardens with these incredible flower beds because they spent decades doing this yeah. and that's why you see guys that you know folks that love Jesus and love each other and have patience and they have they have kindness and all these all these virtues of love that that the apostle Paul talks about you know that 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 after all these years they have these beautiful marriages because they've been working on it every day and that's what you need to do not not to be afraid of it but to jump in there and do it and learn about it as you go for it amen Amen. That's a fantastic word. Right. If you have a question for us, you can get to say that podcast at gmail.com or thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. Don't forget to check out our other podcasts. The Bridge, a worship podcast, drops every Monday. The Bridge Loud, a heavy metal worship podcast, drops every Friday. Check all those out. Find them at the blog, thebridgechicago.tumblr. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Suddenly, Lee seems like a bit of a flower nerd. <laughs> <laughs>